Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to More Than Amuse podcast, a podcast all about women and the arts, hosted by Stani and Sadie. Join us as we explore what it's like being a female artist, examine modern day problems, and educate ourselves and you on important and forgotten female artists of the past. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to More Than Amuse. I'm Sadie. And I'm Stani, and thanks for being here. It's another wonderful week, another wonderful episode, and we're just so happy to have all of you listening. Yes, we are. And we're kind of doing two pop culture moments in a row, Mm -hmm. but I feel like 90s and early 2000s, that's still history. It is. It's, It's still history. It's just more recent. It's more recent history. It's like with I always like assume with like the 1960s, for example, I'm always like, oh, that was 40 years ago. And then I'm like, wait, it is not 2000. That was 60 years ago. Yep. (laughs) That's just weird to me. No, it is very weird. And I don't know, like, even though it's recent, I definitely wasn't old enough to be impacted by a lot of the things that were happening. Um, Mm -hmm. I remember hearing about them, but it wasn't like a big deal. Yeah. And I'm sure some of our listeners, they're probably even younger and maybe they don't even remember any of it at all. So, yeah. Well, that's what I was wondering. Like, okay, so we're talking about Britney Spears today, mm-hmm. especially yes. with the kind of free Britney movement that's been, I think, more prevalent as of recently. So, do you mm-hmm. have any experience? Like, I know we, we talked that we weren't Britney fans per se. Uh, yeah. I was too young to be a Britney fan. There's no way my parents were like, let's watch this. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but I will say I do remember her music being on the radio. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially like, you know how kids would like sing songs on the playground growing up? Yeah. I remember like Baby One More Time being a major one. And uh, I remember the tabloid covers when she shaved her head. When you're yes. in line at the grocery store and you could see like the fronts of the magazines talking about mm-hmm. all the things that the celebrities were doing. And I would always look at them. And I remember the one where she shaved her head. Yeah, I remember that too. Because that was like a super big deal. For some reason, though, I thought she did it like live on, in a concert. Oh, really? Like you thought yeah. she like- live shaved her head yeah like that was like how my (laughs) I know that's how my like little brain thought it had happened because I was like well she's a singer like obviously if they know she shaved her head she had to do it in a public setting but (laughs) actually it was just very intrusive publicity um paparazzi that were spying on her constantly that they found out that she had shaved her head so (laughs) I feel like that should be a thing someone should shave their head in a live performance sometime in the it would future. be a big deal like yeah, I'm that sure. would definitely make the news and it so in my head feathers. yeah it was like well of course if it's noteworthy it had to happen in such a in an crazy way, way on stage <laughs> yeah. but no well, she just went and got a haircut you know <laughs> well yeah i like that's a nice way to kind say of. she just went and got a haircut <laughs> yeah. i remember 
like when I was really young listening to Britney Spears with my aunts at my grandma's house okay like on her big boom box and it was like the kind of boom box where it was like if you stomped it would like skip <laughs> I don't I just remember that like I would dance and like kind of stomp my feet and then it would kind of kept like making the stereo like pause or like skip parts and they'd be like Sadie stop stomping but I was just <laughs> I was getting into Britney man I loved yeah. it yeah <laughs> You were loving it. She definitely makes like very, very catchy music. Oh, yeah. And I listen to Britney a lot now. Like my mm-hmm. go-to playlist when I'm working out is the This Is Britney Spears playlist on Spotify. It is, oh, that's awesome. If anyone's wanting a good workout playlist, just go to This Is Britney Spears. Sometimes I have to like stop myself from like dancing, you know, <laughs> especially when I would just like do work it. out in public, yeah. you know. <laughs> Like, they don't know, like, the music video moment I'm having in my head to, like, Gimme More by Britney Spears. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I will say I definitely know a lot more of her music now. And when she kind of had her, like, short revival for a little while, like, Circus, I knew every oh, line yeah. to that. Oh, yeah. I love Circus. I loved mm-hmm. Womanizer. Or, like, dancing till the world ends. like I it was always there and I always knew the words mm-hmm. but I wouldn't say that I was ever like a huge diehard fan like now I like respect her for all she was and all she did for like women in pop music but yeah I, I wish I could have been a part of the craze when the craze was happening I know she like oh man we're gonna get into it but like I learned so much about Britney Spears in this that like yeah I feel like she does not get enough credit for a lot of the things that she accomplished and did Um, and kind of like the whole movement she started Mm -hmm. within music that it's just absolutely crazy that like that's not what everyone's talking about. So well, I think it's so crazy that like her life was eclipsed by the scandal and the paparazzi scandal when Mm -hmm. like she really did bring so much to popular music And even just in her own right was so accomplished and talented. Like, I think as far as like the, you know, shaving head, like her shaving her head and everything like that. Like, I remember growing up and like hearing that as a joke that like Britney Spears was crazy. She, you know, was like insane and like, oh, are you going to, you know, shave your head like Britney Spears or like 2008 Britney? I'm so stressed out that I'm like 2008 Britney, you know, that it kind of turned that moment into what she was defined by and then watching that episode documentary which is on hulu by the way yes yeah anyone who wants to should definitely go watch that it was by isn't it by like the new york times yes yeah so i think if you just like look up the new york times it's like one of their episodes in that show series Mm -hmm. but anyways like watching that i was like holy cow like she is so talented and influential and I didn't even see that because all I really knew about growing up and even still really now beyond that like I liked her music and like obviously recognized she was like a pop icon I just Mm -hmm. like didn't realize that she was actually so accomplished and also like actually so talented you know yes like remarkably talented Mm -hmm. yeah and so I think this is like a little disclaimer if you want like a whole overview of like the free britney movement and everything that's involving that with all of the legal jargon like this is not the episode for you true um there's plenty of them out there like literally if you search free britney in spotify you'll find tons especially right after the documentary came out so if you only want like the legal stuff and what's going on with all of that 
then go find those episodes. We will talk about it a little bit, but this is not going to be purely a Free Britney episode. This is focusing on, like, the history, the success, and, like, the literal icon that Britney Spears was for pop music and, like, still is today. Exactly. So if you are like me and only knew the scandal aspect of it all but maybe don't realize what she's done and what she's accomplished, then keep on listening because that's what we're diving into. Yeah, it's like the side, we're going to celebrate Britney's accomplishments instead Mm -hmm. of focusing on her scandals. Yes, because now I am team Britney through and through. Oh, yeah, totally. Anyway, we can start out with how many award and recognition she has right off the bat. Oh, yeah, let's just do that just to, like, prove our point of, like, poor Britney (laughs) is just, like, the misunderstood pop star. Like, I just can't even believe it. So, first off, she signed with Jive Records in 1997 at age 15. That's insane. Which is, like, so young. Her first two studio albums, which, of course, everyone knows the names of these ones, Baby Mm -hmm. One More Time in 99 and Oops, I Did It Again in 2000, were global successes and certified diamond in the United States. Yeah, just two, like, very casual, like, iconic pop songs in the (laughs) names of those albums. That probably everyone could at least sing every word of the chorus, if not the entire song. Uh Um, It's actually two of the best-selling albums of all time. And this turned to making her one of the best-selling teenage artists of all time. At that time, the best-selling teenage artist of all time, which is absolutely nuts. Then her title track, which I'm assuming was just Britney Spears, right? That's what a title track is? Okay. Mm. (laughs) Making sure. No, you're good. (laughs) It held a 15-year record for fastest-selling album by a female artist in the United States with a first-week sales of over 1.3 million copies. Wow. Which is absolutely nuts. She actually was also an executive producer of her fifth studio album, Blackout which a lot of people call her best work, and it was released in 2007. I like that album. Okay, but pausing there, with the, like, research I've done, like, I realized how incorrectly, like, I have just been viewing Britney Spears through this, like, lens of internalized misogyny because, Mm -hmm. like, I totally accepted the whole, like, she just uses auto-tune, she doesn't write her own songs, she's kind of like a record label like she was part of like the record label factory that kind of turned her into what she was right yeah but Mm -hmm. then to see like obviously you know with pop music there are a lot of songwriters behind the scenes that write the songs for the stars which I could go on a whole separate tangent that only women are ever shamed for that you never hear people questioning if the men wrote the song or caring if they did but beyond that, though, like on her later albums, she was a co-producer. She was an ex- executive producer. And also she was a co-writer for a lot of the songs on her albums, too. So like she actually is a great songwriter and like produced her own work, which is like when I read that, I was like, oh, my gosh, I was so I've just been so wrong. Like she's not some mm-hmm. teenage bimbo that got lucky, you know? Yeah, no, she worked really hard Mm -hmm. for all the things she did, and it's absolutely crazy, but, like, yeah, exactly. Like, same with me. I've always looked at her very differently, and this has been very Mm -hmm. (laughs) eye-opening. Let's see. She also released – so, like, after her conservatorship, of course, she continued to do music, 
releasing Circus in 2008 and Femme Fatale in 2011, Mm -hmm. um, which became her most successful era of singles in the United States charts. Which is like crazy because I I think I've also kind of like viewed it as like growing up. I was like, oh, she's the older artist. Mm -hmm. But like it's just that she's been around so long and been so successful for so long. Since literally age 15. Like, can you yeah. imagine that kind of career? Like, <laughs> like she started out as, yeah, 15, released music for the first time when she was like 16, 17. And then, yeah. then in 2011, she's still having very successful singles and like yep. music. It's like, so I realized that like growing up, like listening to the songs that were on Femme Fatale, I think that was like Till the World Ends and Hold It Against Me and songs like that and like circus you know I knew those songs I love those songs mm-hmm. but it's like it's not like she was like in her retirement phase of her career like nope <laughs> she was like she was still, still good at the peak, you know <laughs> yeah and it like shows she has six number one albums on the billboard 200 mm-hmm. four solo number one singles on the billboard hot 100 um, and that includes Baby One More Time, Womanizer 3, and Hold It Against Me. Mm-hmm. Um, with those last two, 3 and Hold It Against Me, she became the second artist after Mariah Carey in the Hot 100's history to debut at number one with two or more songs. Wow. Which we all know Mariah Carey is an icon, so that shows you yeah. like what level she's at. Um, she actually won a Michael Jackson Video Vanguard Award, and she was the third woman to win it for her choreographed videography Mm. um because like i think like rewinding back to that time period and realizing that music videos were like still kind of on the rise yeah um, especially with the rise of the internet and so like it was a big deal like the kind of music videos she pulled off and Um, like she was a dancer and like it wasn't like she was just singing like it was a full-on performance yes and she like really played that up um, like Michael Jackson did as well. So that mm-hmm. shows that. Um, she has a Grammy Award. I think she might have multiple, but I'm not sure. I think she was nominated multiple times, but she might oh, okay. only, have only have actually one. won one. Gotcha. Okay. But I don't and then sure. 13 Guinness World Records, which I tried to find what those were, but it's like overshadowed by this joke that she made. That <laughs> She oh. made a joke that she beat... Usain Bolt's record for the fastest 100 mile sprint and she was totally (laughs) kidding and that's like the only news story that I could find about that was like everything saying that Britney Spears has claimed she beat Usain Bolt's record and then she was like guys I'm kidding but to that that just shows like she's hilarious (laughs) (laughs) I don't think anyone in the world really understands Britney Spears in the way that they don't give her the credit she deserves but also like I feel like she's a very funny person. Yeah. And it was like immediately they took it as, oh, there goes Britney. Like she's being psycho. she's crazy again. It's like, no, she's hilarious. It's like she made a joke. She obviously didn't beat Usain Bolt's record. Can you imagine? Oh, my God. Oh, man. But she does have 13 Guinness World Records. If anyone can find out what those are, please let me know, because I could not find them. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. one, And it's not for fastest 100-mile sprint, so do not send me that. <laughs> or 100-meter, whatever it is. I don't know. Whatever. But that's hilarious. Yeah. Um, she has six MTV Video Music Awards, seven Billboards Music Awards, including the Millennium Award, 
Um, she also has a Radio Disney Icon Award and star of the Hollywood Walk of Fame, mm. which is kind of crazy. That was like a huge deal. And I feel like we don't talk about that anymore if people get. Yeah, I um, wonder like why. But yeah, I agree. I feel like that used to be like a big deal. And now I, 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 maybe it's not or I don't know. Is it like full? Did they run out of spots? That's actually, I mean, eventually they probably would. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like that used to be a really big deal. And now, like, we don't talk like about it Like, going to Hollywood to, like, see your favorite celebrity on the Walk of Fame. Like, I feel like that was yeah. a thing I wanted to do as a child. But, yeah, you're right. I don't really know. I don't really hear people so, talking about that anymore. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's kind of weird. And then she also held the record for the most Teenage Choice Awards with 11 wins before she got surpassed by Taylor Swift in 2011. Nice. But held that record for a very long time. She sold over 100 million records worldwide, including 70 million solely in the United States, making wow. her one of the world's best-selling music artists and was ranked by Billboard as the eighth biggest artist of the 2000s decade. Wow. Um, she was the fourth best-selling female album artist and best-selling female album artist of the 2000s. And... Forbes reported her as the highest paid female musician of the years 2002 and 2012. And this is kind of a fun fact. She topped the list of the most searched celebrities seven times in 12 years, a record since the inception of the internet. Wow. So <laughs> people are constantly Googling Britney people Spears. People <laughs> want to know about Britney Spears. And I feel <laughs> yeah. like after this year, too, I wouldn't be surprised if she hit it again because... Now I'm like, okay, good. Now the world's at least rooting for her. As yeah. To maybe what happened in the past. Yeah, I think like everyone's kind of waking up to what happened during that time period and mm -hmm. how wrong a lot of the things that happened were. And yeah, like maybe this will be the year that Britney finally gets the credit that she deserves. <laughs> I hope so. I and hope the ownership so too. that she deserves. Yes. Because she, oh gosh, it's a mess, guys. It's a mess. <laughs> it is a mess. And it's sad that it's like literally one of the pop icons of the yeah. 90s and 2000s that's dealing with this. Like, I can't even imagine being a fan at the same caliber of what we are for like Taylor Swift and then yeah. watching something like this happen to like someone that you respect and like love that much like that would be heartbreaking well have you ever seen like that youtube video of the guy who's like leave britney alone have you seen that i saw and the clip in like, the documentary i think yeah. it was in there but so yeah I, I saw that before and i saw like a tiktok or a tweet of like what's something that like aged well or i don't know obviously whoever said it was a little bit more witty but then they all that it showed that clip because I remember seeing that video like years ago and just being like, wow, this guy's crazy. And now I'm like, yes, that guy is right. I love them. I agree with them. And you're right, because if some if something like this was happening to Taylor Swift, I would be I would be ready to go. Like, I'd be yeah. throwing punches. I'd literally be so mad. Be like, I how dare everyone talk about this? This is so misogynistic. Like, uh -huh. all the things. And it's like, well, no wonder her fans have felt so, like, honestly, just, like, brokenhearted for years and years and years. Can you imagine, like, something this horrible happening and, like, no one's listening? And no one cares. Yeah. <laughs> that would suck so bad. That's kind of the background on her. She's also regarded as the princess of pop. Yes. Which I love. I think that that is a great title. Okay. Well, 
diving into the history of Britney Spears. Kind of a fun thing. I didn't know until the documentary that she was like so self-made. For some reason, I thought that she like was born into money like Paris Hilton. Yeah, me too. And so it was so interesting finding out like her roots and like Uh her story. So she was born on December 2nd, 1981 in Macomb, Mississippi. Um, and she's the second child of Lynn Irene Bridges and James Parnell Spears, and her siblings are Brian James and Jamie Lynn Spears. And she actually um, was very religious growing up. She was baptized as a Southern Baptist and even sang in the church choir as a child, but she's not Southern Baptist anymore. It's kind of an interesting thing, and kind of where she got her start was a lot of religious singing um at age three she started dance lessons in her hometown of Kentwood Louisiana where she grew up and um started like her first performance was at age five where she sang what child is this at her kindergarten graduation which is kind of an interesting song what for a kindergarten is graduation. This? <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, okay, whatever. It was definitely a religious town. You can tell that much. Yes. Um, and then she also, as a child, did gymnastics and voice lessons and entered a lot of, like, state-level competitions and children's talent shows. So she was, like, a busy little child. Yeah. Um, like a dance, voice, choir, gymnastics. Like, kind of crazy how much she had going on. Yeah. And she even said about her, she said she had early ambition as a child and said, I was in my own world. I found what I was supposed to do at an early age, which is like really cool. She was like, yeah, this is my thing. I know this is what I want to (laughs) do. Yeah. So at only age eight, um, Spears and her mother went to Atlanta, Georgia to audition for the revival of the Mickey Mouse Club in 1990. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and they actually initially rejected her because she was too young, but the casting director introduced her to a talent agent and was like, hey, you should talk to them, and they were really impressed by her and had her enroll in the Professional Performing Arts School in New York City, and so her mom and actually, like, Jamie and Brittany both moved to a sublet apartment in New York City for a while. Wow. Which... It is crazy. Um, And she had her first professional role as an understudy in an off-Broadway musical called uh, Ruthless. And she had the understudy for the lead role of Tina Denmark, which is crazy. So she started off in Broadway, technically, or like off-Broadway, but whatever. Yeah. (laughs) And then also was on a television show called Star Search, and she was a contestant for that. Oh, yeah. I I think Mm -hmm. I've heard of that. Yeah, and then she also did, like, a bunch of commercials as a little kid, so kind of a child star, for sure. (laughs) And then in 1992, so two years later, so she, I think she was, like, around 10, probably, at that point, she was cast in the Mickey Mouse Club, alongside Christina Aguilera, Justin Timberlake, Ryan Gosling, and Carrie Russell, so star-studded cast. It's also (laughs) crazy, like, how many, like... Even today, like, stars get their start doing stuff, something for Disney as a child. Yep. It's Which really I, crazy. It's almost, like, funny, too, because it's, like, now, like, when people come out as Disney stars, come out, you know, as Disney stars, like Miley Cyrus with Hannah Montana, Selena Gomez, mm-hmm. and all those things, it's, like, they have to really, really fight to be taken seriously. But it's, yeah. like, 
interesting that it's like this has been happening this whole time for and years like, christina aguilera justin timberlake and ryan gosling they're obviously perceived as serious actors or yeah performers you know i just i wonder when that finally happens and i don't know i'm just mm-hmm. intrigued by that no i'm glad you wrote that up because it is interesting i don't feel like when you think of christina aguilera justin timberlake or ryan gosling you're like oh like the former disney stars yeah and yet, like, I think Selena Gomez, Demi Lovato, Miley Cyrus still face that, like, all the time. Yeah, and I wonder if it's maybe, like, maybe Disney Channel, like, it wasn't so much when they were a teen and it was, like, so young. Kind of like with, like, mm-hmm. Demi Lovato and Selena Gomez. You don't remember them as, like, the girls who were on Barney. Yeah. I don't know. That's true. Like, I just wonder, maybe though, like, how that happened. Yeah, it could be just the caliber of the show. Plus. Yeah. The show was canceled in 1996, so it only ran for six years, and they were all pretty young. Yeah. So maybe that's what it was. It wasn't, like, through their teenage years like a lot of other Disney stars are today. But still, I just think it's... Yeah. I was, like, shook when I realized that, like, those people started out just, like, kind of, like, as the equivalent of, like, the Disney Channel star. And I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. what do you know? Um, And then the show was canceled, and she went back to um, Mississippi. So apparently she grew up in like basically the Bible Belt, but in multiple different places. Nice. And she actually attended Macomb's Park Lane Academy and like finished out school as like a normal kid, Hmm. which would be really weird after that kind of childhood. She actually compared the school to what she called opening scene and clueless. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And she said there was a bunch of clicks. She was super bored. She was actually the point guard on the basketball team. What the? Um, yeah. And she said, I had my boyfriend. I went to homecoming in the Christmas formal, but I wanted more. Good for her. Yeah. She just wanted more for her life. And so in 1997, um, she talked with the manager, Lou Perlman, and she was actually going to join a female pop group named Innocence. Um, but... Her mother asked a family friend and entertainment lawyer for his opinion and, like, submitted a tape of her singing uh, a Whitney Houston song over, like, a karaoke track and then sent in, like, some headshots and stuff of her and was like, hey, like, what do you think about my daughter? And um, the entertainment lawyer um, named Larry Rudolph was like, actually, I want to pitch her to record labels. So he had her make a professional demo and they sent her an unused song of Tony Braxton that, like, apparently she had never sang. So she rehearsed for a week, recorded her vocals in a studio with a sound engineer, traveled to New York with the demo, and met with executives from four different labels. Wow. And all in the same day, by the way, and then returned home that same day. So Insane. that would be a crazy day that I would not want, but... Three of the labels rejected her, saying that audiences wanted pop bands like the Backstreet Boys and Spice Girls, and even said there wasn't going to be another Madonna, another Debbie Gibson, or another Tiffany. Just wait. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of weird to me, because it's like, of course there has to be another one. Like, time moves on. (laughs) Like, Like, to think that there's never going to be a successful woman pop star? Like, what? Yeah, like, okay then. Um, However, two weeks later... Um, executives from Jive Records returned calls and said that um, it was very rare to hear someone that age who can deliver emotional content and commercial appeal for any artist. The motivation, the eye of the tiger is extremely important. And Britney had that. 
Yes, she did. So, yeah, they wanted her. They were like, she's got commercial appeal, which basically means she was pretty. (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, and she can sing really well. So, um, she went one more time to meet with the executives, saying Whitney Houston's I Have Nothing, and was signed to the label shortly after. And this is kind of a thing that a lot of people don't know. Britney doesn't have, like, a baby voice like she does in a lot of her songs. She actually yeah. has a very, like, if you look up recordings of her singing at a very young age, she has a very powerful, like, belting kind of voice. Oh, yeah. Um, however, she worked with a producer, and he, like, shaped her voice to be, like, poppier, if that makes sense. Like, mm. more pop music and less um, contemporary and Spears even said she originally envisioned herself kind of having more of, like, Sheryl Crow music, but younger, like, adult contemporary. But mm-hmm. then when they were like, no, we want to make you, like, a pop icon, um, she actually was, like, really happy about it because she would be able to dance to the music. And so she was like, yeah, like, that feels more me. Like, okay, like, whatever. Let's do it. But they kind of completely changed her voice, um, which is really interesting. And that's when she, like, started recording her first album was right after that in 1998. So. Yeah. And she recorded half the album in Sweden, which is really interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is actually what I want to talk about. So I obviously, you know, I love songwriting and I listened to this. I not I listened to. I read this book called The Song Machine, which, like, basically goes over, like, the history of pop music and the way that we know it now. And Mm -hmm. there's kind of, like, this interesting story. Because, you know, the song, like, Hit Me Baby One More Time. Like, there's, Mm -hmm. like, weird connotations of, like, what does that even mean? You know? Yeah. Like, it raises eyebrows. But, so she recorded it in Sweden because there was Max Martin and Shellback who were Swedish pop writers. And, like, pop music in that way, like, kind of almost, like, started in Sweden. Like, Sweden is a big deal for pop music. And... So the thing is, is like they speak Swedish, you know, like English isn't their first language in that sense. So their main focus was like the sound of the words or like how the words fit in. So they didn't really know what the connotation would be in America. So it's like there is like just an interesting way of like how different cultures like approach music and language and words and like to them, it was all about like, okay, what words are the catchiest versus like diving into like what other meaning is there so that's Hmm. like that kind of explains the connotations with that song Um, yeah that's super interesting but it's also like it was just written to be a catchy to be as catchy as possible yeah it worked and I think like throughout the history of pop music you can kind of look at hits like Mm -hmm. Gungman style and realize that oh, yeah. a lot of the times people don't really care what the words are as long as the tunes like got yeah, you dancing. As long as so, you got it. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it obviously surpassed any like weird connotations because it's definitely iconic. So yeah, because because they were meaning like hit me up, like call me yeah. one more time, kind of a thing. I'm pretty sure. Like I, I read this book years ago, so I might be telling certain things incorrectly but I was like oh that makes sense like because I always wondered about that like what did they mean I know yeah it was kind of weird especially as a kid you're like why is she wanting people to hit her but then you're like man whatever yeah you're like it's fine I don't I don't know it's a good song yeah I love it okay so yes so that was 
her debut album was baby one Mm -hmm. more time and it was released january 12th 1999 um debuted at number one on the u.s billboard 200 was certified two times platinum after a month so that's insane the album topped the charts in 15 countries and sold over 10 million copies in one year so like insane Um, absolutely crazy Baby One More Time was, of course, the lead single from the album. And so the music video is, you know, a little, it's iconic of her kind of being a Catholic schoolgirl. But apparently, originally, the record label wanted the music video to be, like, animated. But Spears didn't want that. Like, Britney did not want that. And she was actually the one to suggest the concept of the video that actually ended up being a Which thing. Which is insane, because I don't think people, like... They're like, oh, they're trying to sexualize her and make her into this. Like, all the times I feel like they're saying, like, oh, like, they came up with this. And it's like, no, she, like, knew how iconic it would be. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, And, like, yeah. she came up with it. Like, she knew what, yeah, exactly. Like, she knew that the animated one probably wouldn't be good enough. And I, I, I like that point because I think also growing up, I very incorrectly was like, oh, it's just the record labels just sexualizing her and turning her into something she wasn't when it was like, no like this was just as much her like it was her ideas it like she had ownership and pride over her music and how she was portraying herself and then was like frustrated there's like a lot of interviews that i've seen recently of like her standing up for herself and almost like talking back to interviewers of being like no why am i getting this standard like no yeah i'm just performing i'm having fun like i'm mm-hmm. making music i love why why is this yeah the standard no definitely and like that was such an iconic music video it like was. everyone knows that music video they know like i feel like britney and the catholic school uniform are like it's like the halloween both. costume yes like it's constantly put together in that way and uh-huh. so like she definitely knew what she was doing when she said like no we're gonna do this and, and also like worked. the animated video wouldn't have done her justice because she could dance exactly like, <laughs> and i feel like that's what a lot of her shows and like her music videos what made them so iconic was the fact that like she was a dancer too like yeah it wasn't like she yeah it wasn't like the soft choreo that a Mm -hmm. lot of the pop girls do because they're not really dancers like she was a dancer yeah and she could keep up with the background dancers so yeah that song it sold more than 10 million copies which i think you mentioned is one of the best-selling singles of all time and Mm -hmm. that actually later received a grammy nomination for the best female pop vocal performance which is cool cool. don't know who beat it but yeah that's interesting yeah so in Jan- June 28th of 1999 is when she started touring, um, which was just the Baby One More Time tour. Um, and apparently it was like really positively like received by critics, but it also kind of started the controversy due to her like racy outfits. Um, mm. So it started very young, you know, like all of her, all of the controversy and people just kind of commenting on how she was doing it. Um, but then her second album followed that very quickly with Oops, I Did It Again, which, again, iconic. Um, mm-hmm. And that was released in May of 2000. That one debuted at number one in the U.S., selling 1.3 million copies, sold over 20 million copies worldwide to date, making it just like Baby One More Time, making it one of the best-selling albums of all time. Wow. I, I love this quote. Um, it's from Rob Sheff. Sheffield of Rolling Stone. Mm -hmm. 
He said, the great thing about oops is under the cheese surface, Brittany's demand for satisfaction is complex, fierce, and downright scary, making her a true child of rock and roll tradition, which that's awesome. I just really like the way like, I'm like, wow. yeah, go Brittany. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, of course, you know, the album's lead single, Oops, I Did It Again. But then the second single was Lucky, which is another just iconic Mm-hmm. um britney song um and then this album also ended up getting a grammy nomination for the best pop vocal album um and best pop vocal female performance i don't know if she won i think it was just nominations for those yeah i think so. just nominations as but well. still cool like it's just interesting that it's like from the very beginning of her career she was getting so much traction and grammy nominations and critics like positively yeah. talking about her like it's not like she was some like cheesy teenage girl like you know actually respected well quote-unquote respected musicians and everything were giving her credit too you know Mm -hmm. yeah no definitely Mm -hmm. that's like really crazy so then this is the time that she started dating Justin Timberlake which ended up you know being a huge part of the scandal which later comes on i don't want to talk too much about justin timberlake and her relationship because it annoys me yeah (laughs) so if you want to talk hear more about it you can go ahead and watch that episode on hulu um but to sum up my feelings um he's recently apologized for how he handled things post breakup which in my opinion came about 15 years too late yeah and i don't really like him much because of it i hope he's changed i hope he's a better man but i don't have to like him so i'm not yeah and it's sad like i don't know to watch like things he said after they broke up and stuff like that like it just like feed this frenzy Mm -hmm. though of like how the world and the media was viewing britney it just ugh just gross yeah it's really disgusting yeah not a good situation at all not a good one and yeah don't like him because of it something interesting that i thought was cool was in 2001 um britney performed as a special guest on the super bowl halftime show with aerosmith and nsync didn't know that she was ever a performer at the super bowl but i thought that was cool i think that's such a big deal because like usually super bowl performers are kind of like more towards the end of their career mm-hmm. or like maybe they're more of a revival like they haven't performed in a long time and then they come back and do it yeah and so it's like really crazy that they actually had her as the special guest in a performer like in a performance yeah um because it was like she was the thing right then so yeah. it's a really big deal I know I that's exactly what I thought too like it just kind of shows how big of a deal she was at that time yeah um, Another crazy thing is like she's written. Okay, so I don't remember when she wrote her first one, but at this point she released another co-written book with her mom titled A Mother's Gift. And I think it was just a couple years prior that she released uh, the first book with her mom. So I'm like, okay, also she's like co-writing books and releasing yeah. them. Author, it's, dancer, it's singer, performer. Yeah. <laughs> this is when her third album came out in 2001, which was just called Britney. Um, and it's apparently like when she was on tour, she kind of felt inspired by the hip hop artists like Jay-Z um, and kind of wanted to emulate that sound on her record, which just kind of shows like she did have creative control and like, you know, she was mm-hmm. pushing the the vision, I guess, of her music. Um, this album again debuted, debuted at number one. 
um, and reach top positions around the world in Australia, UK, Europe. Um, and that one sold 9 million copies worldwide, which is just crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then this is another cool quote of the time from a um, critic. It says the record where she strives to deepen her persona, making it more adult while still recognizably Britney. It does sound like the work of a star who has now found and refined her voice, resulting in her best record yet. Wow, that's I awesome. Know, right. And then this album as well was also um, nominated for pop vocal album and best pop vocal performance. So, again, she's like getting this, um, you know, critical acclaim. Yeah, like so much of it. Mm -hmm. It's crazy how fast everyone was willing to forget how critically acclaimed she was in the beginning. That's yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, I actually, as I was going through, I'm like, wow, was Britney even nominated for Grammys? Like, I kind of had that thought and I Mm -hmm. quickly corrected myself because I'm like, first (laughs) off, it doesn't matter if she was or not. She's still a great artist. But also it's like, no, she was like her three albums, like they were nominated in these pop categories from the very beginning like yeah like constantly nominated like mm-hmm. everything she did pretty much got a nomination nominated. yeah <laughs> yeah like, no big deal that's mm-hmm. just nuts so to support this album she kind of went she went on tour um with on the dream within a dream tour and again this one was very critically praised it was a great tour it grossed 43.7 million dollars which was the second highest grossing tour of 2002 by a female artist. So like the only person who was doing better than her was Cher. And like obviously Cher's an icon. What? Yeah. So no (laughs) Also like a fun little note it says in here is that during her tour, there was a water screen that pumped two tons of water into the stage. Oh my gosh. Like what? Can I like find a video of that? That's yeah, actually so I cool. am like going to go look that up on YouTube <laughs> yeah. as soon as we're done recording because like, that sounds wait, amazing. Yeah, like how is she pumping? Like what? <laughs> that sounds so cool. <laughs> and then this is cool. In 2002, she was actually highlighted by Forbes um, and they ranked her as the world's most powerful celebrity. Holy cow. I know. And then she was in a movie, Crossroads, mm-hmm. that was released in February of 2002 which apparently critics praised her acting and the film was a box office success. Um, wow. That film had That's a actually million- really interesting because oh. I read somewhere. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say I read somewhere that she also got like worst actor or actress award or something from some other thing. So it was apparently like very polarizing. I guess like, you it either just really shows loved it or like how it. Su- subjective things are. But I also wonder yeah. how much of it was just because like of how people wanted to view her. I don't know. Yeah. No, I think a lot of the times people view acting as like a very like high art. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, you have to be serious and, like, professional. And so they hate a lot of the times when celebrities enter, like, the acting world. Yeah, I can see that. Which I also makes feel sense. like I see that with, like, when they do, like, Hollywood movie reenactments of, like, Broadway shows or, like, musical theater Yeah, shows. and they just put, like, a bunch of stars, stars in it. Yeah. And you're like, okay. And, um, but sometimes I'm yeah. like, no, I actually think they did pretty good considering they're yeah. not Broadway stars. But also, I'm sure if I was passionate about the world of theater I would have a different opinion so (laughs) yeah no I definitely think it's like two sides to everything right yeah like I can see both regardless very interesting of how well she did end up doing as far as acting goes (laughs) it was a success it had a 12 million dollar budget that movie and it went on to gross over 61 million worldwide so like you know 
it's fine um and this is interesting too apparently she opened her first restaurant in new york city but i don't think that lasted very long but still interesting yeah. that like that is interesting I'm she's like, like oh food industry over here yeah. <laughs> like let's try everything let me just like That's write crazy. a book go on tour go in a movie open a restaurant because like why not yeah interesting uh, so she's good like, <laughs> just dipping her toes in everything that's fine like wow very cool i know um 2002 um in july she announced that she was going to take a six-month break for her from her career um but apparently she went back into the studio in november to record her new album and this is when her relationship with justin timberlake ended i didn't realize that they were together for three years yeah, that's I, actually quite a bit of time. Yeah, I don't know why I kind of like assumed it to be like this pop, like almost like a, a um, what's the word, like a relationship just like for publicity, you know, mm-hmm. which just goes back to assume that like I've realized I've just assumed that every single thing about Britney Spears was disingenuine, which I'm like, what, yeah. what was wrong with me? <laughs> what was wrong with the way I was viewing that? It's yeah. fine. No, it's okay. <laughs> but we so, know now. <laughs> we know now. We are learning. Mm-hmm. We are growing out of our misogyny towards yeah. women pop stars. I think it's like also really interesting to like look back and like Britney and Justin were like the it couple oh, of yeah. Hollywood. Like everyone was like, oh, I want a relationship like them. Like I'm trying to think of a good comparison, but I don't think we do this as much with celebrity relationships. I feel like Selena Gomez and Justin Bieber maybe was like the equivalent. Oh, okay. Yeah, that would be a good equivalent. I, I was trying think to think of one, of one now, like though. current right now and I don't yeah. I can't think of one. But like two singers that like are both individually liked and then they get together and they have this great relationship. Yeah. And everyone's just like, oh, iconic. Mm-hmm. Um and that's what it was. Like it was the thing. Yeah. But this is kind of when like I think people start really started getting involved in her personal life because Timberlake released the song Cry Me a River which was the lead single or his second single to his solo debut album. Um, And apparently the music video featured a Britney Spears lookalike, which kind of made people think that she cheated on him. Yeah, which is so messed up to do. Like to hire an actress that looks like your ex-girlfriend and then make a song about her cheating on you. Like if that's not what happened. Well, even if it is what happened, that's Mm -hmm. screwed up. It is very screwed up. But apparently in response, she wrote the ballad every time with her friend. And then, yeah. And then that's kind of like when, uh, not research, like rumors came up of like, Mm. oh, like this guy said that she was dating him, but she said no. And just all of that. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break just to spotlight one of our new favorite women artists. The person that I want to highlight today is Sam in Sea Artistry, um, and she does ocean resin art, kind of like home decor, but also just like cutting boards or pizza boards. Ooh. They're so beautiful. She popped up on my For You page um, earlier this week, and I am just like so amazed by it. Um, it was like a video of how she does it and it was just like it was so insane so that's so, so cool yeah it'll be like she does a lot of customs 
like cheese board, like boards, things like that. They're really cool. They're really amazing. Um, and just honestly beautiful. And you can like, she does launches of them. Um, like you can go on her website right now and purchase the boards that she does. So you can purchase it. They're so beautiful. These are so cool. I know. Like they look like the ocean and I love it. I'm kind of obsessed with like the weird colored ones. Yeah. Like she has like some pink ones and then I saw like a bright magenta kind of color. I think it's cool because sometimes the ocean does look like a different color. I know. Like not just like blue or whatever. Yeah. But the blue ones are very beautiful too. I'm just kind of obsessed with the, like And they look so realistic. Like it looks like ocean foam. Yes, it really does. That's so cool. Yeah, they are stunning and beautiful. And like I said, you can buy them. And I'm sure she does like, I think she does like monthly restocks of things. But yeah. That's so cool. They are beautiful. So check her out. Again, it's Sam and C Artistry. It rhymes. So cool. That's awesome. Resin is such a fascinating thing to me. Yeah, I've like not even heard of it until recently. And now I feel like I'm seeing it everywhere. But it's like, I'm like, oh, you can do so many cool things with it yeah seriously that's so cool okay i have another tiktok person Yay. <laughs> um <laughs> her name is grace wells and her handle on instagram and tiktok is grace wells photo and she's been on my for you page a lot to the point where i like finally followed her because i was like okay this is cool um she is filming commercials in her living room (laughs) and she just comes up with random commercials the one i saw today is literally a commercial for dirt so she like filmed a commercial for dirt and did a time lapse of like a plant growing and like she has a board where she like can make things spin so you know those like super high quality like slow-mo kind of commercials with just music set to them that are like iconic shots of like random Uh studio things like that's the kind of work that she does And it looks so cool. And she actually ended up getting hired to do like an actual national commercial from her TikToks um, for like, I think it's like a seltzer company. No way. Like an actual national commercial. And she used like a screwdriver and like made the can spin and had like water on it. So water droplets like fell off and then like dropped berries and like had them like fall and bounce and everything. (laughs) It's so cool to watch because she's showing how these like actual um, things are made. It's just, (laughs) it's so cool. Yeah. The commercial was for Celsius. Um, Anyway, they're just really, really cool. I find them so fascinating and fun to watch. And people will just comment and be like, oh, make a commercial for this. And so she does. Like, I think she did one for, like, a pad. And then, like, That's so creative, too. Like, popcorn, a sock. Like, just, like, all this random stuff. Um, but they look so cool. And, like, a final finished project. So she's definitely more active on her TikTok. So it's just following her there. But if you are interested in following her on Instagram, like I said, it's just Grace Wells' photo mm-hmm. on Instagram as well. Cool. All right. Now back to the show. And this is kind of, oh, I'd say this is like the era of like more mature Britney yeah. entering in. Definitely. Because so in 2003 is when she opened the MTV Music Awards with Christina Aguilera performing Like a Virgin. Um, and then they were bo- 
not born. Yeah. They were joined by Madonna and then Madonna and Britney kissed, which was like which is a huge was so controversial. Yeah, it was so controversial, so sexy. And I think just I don't know. I'm like, man, Britney just does whatever she wants. And I think like I it's for so long I've just been like, oh, her record label. Oh, her record label proper did this. Like I'm crediting everything that Britney Spears did to old men in boardrooms. But I'm like, no. Now I'm just like, that was all Britney. She knew. She knew what it would do. Yeah, so in 2008, MTV actually listed that performance as the number one opening moment in the history of MTV Music Video Awards. Which, yes. Yeah, and Blender even called it the sexiest music moments on television history. (laughs) So, whatever. It definitely got written about a lot, which, I don't know, is honestly, like, even if it's just a publicity stunt, that's always a good move to, like, get written about. Mm -hmm. Not something that I would do, but it definitely didn't hurt her career at that point. And I think it was kind of her shedding the, like, younger... Justin Timberlake and Britney Sweetheart kind of era and moving on from that. She released her fourth studio album in The Zone in November 2003 Mm -hmm. and even wrote and co-produced most of the material. Which was shocking to me. Yeah, like it was super, super cool. And I don't think anyone's ever talked about how much she like co-produced and like wrote a lot of her stuff, Mm -hmm. um, which is really awesome. Vibe called it a supremely confident dance record that illustrates Spears' development as a songwriter. Yeah, which is awesome. And yeah. that album had Toxic on it, which obviously Toxic yes. is a very iconic. Iconic. It's literally on, so you, wait, what was it called? The DDR. Dance Dance Revolution. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the other one that I'm trying to think of. I can't think. I don't know. I can't think of it either, but I know the little dance. (laughs) I love that. Yeah, so it was a very iconic song. Very iconic. Um, Um, And also during this album era, the In the Zone is when she won her first Grammy. So she's obviously been nominated a ton, um, but apparently she won her first Grammy for Best Dance Recording for Every Time and Outrageous. Wow. Which is cool. Yeah, and during this time, she was actually the first female artist to have her first four studio albums to debut at number one. Oh, whoa. No way. Yeah, which is a very big deal for that to be such a thing. And, like, she was debuting at the top of the charts in multiple different countries, not just mm-hmm. the United States. Like, she was a Obvi- worldwide... Yes, phenomenon. Right. Like, yeah. everyone was listening to Britney Spears. Mm-hmm. Um which is crazy. And then kind of um, this is also where her personal life took a turn. Yes. In January 2004, she married a childhood friend named Jason Allen Alexander at a little white wedding chapel in Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, however, the marriage was annulled 55 <laughs> hours later. Oh, no. Um, yeah. And this was kind of interesting. There was a petition to the court stating that Spears lacked understanding of her actions. 
Hmm. Which I feel like this is the beginning of kind of like, oh, she doesn't know what she's, she's doing. doing. She's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I don't know, maybe like it was just a wild night in Las Vegas. Well, and, like, she she's didn't... the only one who's done that. Yeah. And so it was probably more of that. And that's what they meant by like lacked understanding of her actions. But I'm sure it's gotten really twisted to like, oh, she had no clue what she was doing. Yeah. And like, she's see, nuts. she doesn't make good decisions because she got married and now she doesn't, shouldn't have the right over her own career. Yeah. And then in 2004, she did the Onyx Hotel tour to support her album In the Zone. And notably during this, she actually injured her knee during a music video shoot for the song Outrageous and actually had to go get surgery and went through rehab um, for her knee. And she actually ended up having to cancel the rest of her tour, which is horrible. Yeah. But then she ended up getting married again that year in July of 2004. Yes. Well, I guess she got engaged to her yeah. dancer. Or just to, not to her dancer, to a dancer named Kevin Fetterline, yeah. who she had met three months before. Fetterline? Yeah. Fetterline, yes. Yep. He was like a DJ, actor, television personality, professional wrestler, and a fashion model. Oh. So he has quite a few things going on there as well but they only knew each other for like three months before they got engaged right yeah uh uh-huh and also apparently there was a reality show about the beginning of their relationship called Brittany and kevin chaotic which i had no idea but apparently in 2013 she said in an interview that that was probably the worst thing she's ever done for her career (laughs) oh no so that's really bad i know oh man they actually they had a wedding ceremony on september 18th 2004 so literally the same year they got engaged Mm -hmm. um but they weren't legally married until three weeks later which mm-hmm. is interesting because they were trying to finalize their prenuptial agreement. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. And then this is when she took a break off from her career to kind of focus on starting a family. Her family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She released a Greatest Hits album, though, during this time, which is like mm-hmm. a compilation album, plus a couple of extra songs I think she threw on there. Um, yeah. I think she did some cover versions. Yeah. Which is cool. Of some things and threw it on. Yeah. But yeah, and then she had her son her mm-hmm. during this time period. And then this is kind of where things get a little bit oh, nuts. No. I know. Yeah, and this is where a lot of the documentary focused on was kind of this really horrible year for her from 2006 to 2007. Basically, it kind of started with in February 2006, pictures surfaced of her driving with her son on her lap instead of in a car seat in the front seat, which is obviously not safe and do not condone, do not recommend, do not do that. It's very bad. Yeah, like that is Um, not safe thing to do with your kid. Yeah. However, she did claim that the situation happened because of a frightening encounter with paparazzi. Uh And so she like was just trying to get in the car and drive away. And so she put her son on her lap and was just trying to drive away. Mm -hmm. Um, It obviously doesn't like condone the action. But at the same time, like we don't know what happened with the paparazzi. We don't know what was truly like frightening about it. And maybe she really was just so terrified. Yeah. So kind of interesting there. Um, she posed nude for a cover of Harper's Bazaar, um, during this time as well, and then, um, gave birth to her second son in 2006, um, named Jaden James, and then during that same year, filed for divorce from Federline, um, citing irreconcilable differences, 
and their divorce was finalized in 2007. So kind of like, I think to a lot of people, it looked like she was just spiraling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because soon after this, apparently like an aunt of hers passed away due to ovarian Mm -hmm. cancer. She stayed in a drug rehabilitation center. Yeah, so like actually went to real rehab this time. (laughs) But she was only there for less than a day. And then the following night is when the iconic... When she, she shaved, shaved her, her head, head at a hair salon in L.A. Yeah. And then and the documentary kind of covers what happened. She walked yeah. in. She asked for them to shave her head. They told her no. She grabbed the clippers and did it herself. And the paparazzi caught everything. Dang. Yeah. And so just kind of crazy. I think when you look at it as like she just was trying to make a statement of like, you don't own me. I'm not mm-hmm. the pop princess anymore. Like, leave me alone. I think that's what she was trying to say with her. Yeah. Um hair shaving but a lot of people looked at it as like oh like sometimes drug testing doesn't work because you still have like drug in your like in your hair somehow (laughs) like they can find the substance abuse through your hair because it like lasts longer so a lot of people thought that that's what she was trying to do a lot of other people just thought she was absolutely nuts but anyway those are the pictures that went viral that we saw on all those tabloid magazines when we were little was (laughs) Britney shaving her head yeah and Throughout this time, it's like she's in and out of treatment facilities that she's checked herself, admitted herself into. What I thought was yeah. so crazy is like, so in October 2007, she lost custody of her son. And then also in October of 2007 is when her fifth album, Blackout, comes out. So like during <sighs> all this craziness is she's still making music and putting out albums. Yeah. And like Blackout is like, I love that Britney album. Like I just, mm-hmm. yeah crazy and apparently like like, i said earlier mm -hmm. it's it's recognized as like one of the best like her best album to ever be released Mm -hmm. so it's kind of crazy that that happened um apparently also during this time really quick she was sued by louis vuitton oh yeah i saw that yeah for like upholstering her hummer in counterfeit louis vuitton fabric and it was like featured in a music video. So like during all this, she also faced a lawsuit from like a top designer, which is really interesting and strange. <laughs> yeah, actually, that is. Yeah, like a hard, hard year for Britney for yeah. sure. Um, and I wonder because it's like this was the first album that didn't debut number one. I mean, it was still mm-hmm. wildly successful. Um, but yeah. you know, you wonder about you know what people like yeah. you know how that could affect someone if all of a sudden like she's not number one anymore um mm-hmm. and she performed the lead single give me more which is my favorite britney song at the 2007 mtv music awards apparently the performance was kind of like some people hated it some people loved it but the single was very successful and peaking at number one in canada apparently and within the top 10 wow. in almost every country it charted which is crazy So she's still, like, on top of her career, very successful, yet everything like this is going on in her personal life. Like, it's not like... Because I just assumed, like, when that was happening, she wasn't making music anymore. But it's like, no, that was all happening at the exact same time. Yeah, just really, really crazy time period for her. And very sad. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is kind of where the conservatorship that everyone's talking about right now kind of entered into the scene. Yeah. Um, she refused to give up custody to Federline. She didn't want to, which rightfully so, like it's her who children. Wants to, yeah, who wants to do that? She didn't want to lose them. And um, one thing I thought that was really interesting that the documentary documentary talked about is even with like her huge career, like Brittany always wanted to be a mom. Yeah. 
Like she really, really wanted to. And so this was kind of like her losing that dream and she wasn't willing to give it up. Um, however, like she got hospitalized at a Cedars medical center after police arrived at her house and noticed she was under the influence of an unidentified substance. And then um, the next day is when her visitation rights were suspended at an emergency court hearing and her ex-husband was given sole physical and legal custody of their children, which is really sad. And then um, she was actually committed to a psychiatric ward and put in involuntary psychiatric hold. And they placed her during this time period under the conservatorship led by her father, who you will notice this is the first time we have ever mentioned her father beyond his name at her birth. Because he was not very involved in her life. Yeah. At all. And then, like, immediately following all this is when her album Circus comes out in December of 2008. So it's just like there's no pause. Like, there's no, like, okay, let's make sure Brittany's okay to let her do this stuff. She was only in the psychiatric hospital for five days. Like, that was it. Yeah. And then um, she immediately started, like, the next month she was on How I Met Your Mother um, as a guest star, um, like you said, Circus came out. She won, um, wait, she opened up the MTV Video Music Awards. Mm-hmm. She did a comedy sketch with Jonah Hill for that and an introduction speech. She won Best Female Video, Best Pop Video, and Video of the Year for Piece of Me. Uh, did a 60-minute introspective documentary. Like, her life, like, it didn't slow down. She was doing all this stuff and... Meanwhile, like, obviously, she was going through such, like, a personal Which, crisis. Like, I feel like it, this is when it just doesn't make sense. And they kind of talk about this in the episode where it's like, if we were really so concerned about Britney's health, why why are we pushing her like this? Like, yeah. obviously, if she needs a break, we should be giving her a break. Second, okay, so if she's able to maintain this incredibly rigorous schedule of performing touring all these guest appearances she's like how can you say like oh no she's capable of doing all of that but she's not capable of having control over her own life yeah like she obviously doesn't need a conservator yeah and one thing i thought was kind of interesting conservatorships are usually for elderly people who are kind of like yeah a little out of it and they're not like if they have alzheimer's or something but they have like a house and stuff then they can appoint a conservator to like take care of their finances until they pass away it's meant to be a very short-term thing for people at the end of their life who aren't able to make decisions it's not meant for a pop star in the middle of her career who's still capable yeah yeah of performing all of the time and releasing albums like that's not what a conservatorship is for and so Mm -hmm. it's actually absolutely nuts that they even allowed that level of control over her life with how much money she is producing yeah which and then this is crazy too because it's like soon after that she released the femme fatale album which had hold it against me that went number one till the world ends that went number three and then i want to go which reached number seven which was her first album in which three of its songs reached the top 10 of the chart which is cool but it also just shows like she's still at the top of her game She's still, yeah. like, so successful, doing amazing things, all while, all the while, like, doesn't even have control over her own life. And it's 
Nope. Like when you realize that it's like, oh my gosh, like what is going on? It's, it's so sad and it makes me so angry. Yeah. This is actually when she hit a record as well. So I found one of the Guinness World Records. She was the youngest female artist to have five albums debut at number one. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Which come on. (laughs) Reached number one in the United States. Yeah. Which is crazy. And then that's when she went on tour for circus Mm-hmm. Um, released another greatest hits album and Insane. even did a limited edition clothing line for candies oh no way and a cameo appearance on the series glee um as well this yeah. is so random apparently she co-wrote whiplash which was a song from the album when the sun goes down from selena gomez in the scene that's oh. like not a big deal as far as all of her accomplishments but i think it just shows that it's like she was a songwriter because she was writing songs that actually ended up going to other artists too don't know how much that happened but like still like how crazy is that yeah that's absolutely nuts anyway this is when she like got a lot of her awards which is funny because you always assume that the awards happened before yeah like crisis that's what i thought too or yeah i would have thought yeah but no like this is the michael jackson video vanguard vanguard award she got Mm -hmm. um she released another remix album and also during this time she became engaged to her longtime boyfriend jason trawick who had formerly been her agent Mm. and apparently he is a co-conservator oh i don't like that yeah as of april 2012 but i I don't like that either like why can't she just be your own person Yep. Okay. Well, I hate all the men in her life, at least that I know of. Um, Yeah. Also, in this time, she was on The X Factor as a judge, which Mm -hmm. I thought was fun. Yeah. Which is like. Which is crazy. Yeah. Which is, I'm like, if if she's sane enough to be on live television, she's sane enough to. She's sane enough to take care of her. (laughs) There's just so many things. I'm like, this doesn't make sense. I hate it. I just hate it. And I think it's kind of crazy to think about this. Um, she had a reported salary of $15 million, making her the highest paid judge on a singing competition series in television history until wow. Katy Perry broke that record. So you have to think about all of these, m- this money she was making from touring and these cameos on TV shows and like all this stuff that was happening. And she didn't have control over any of that money because under the conservatorship, it's all going to her father and I guess now her boyfriend. So... Just think about how much money that is and like, that she didn't I also get. wonder how much of it she actually wanted to do, mm-hmm. you know, because it's like, or how much was it pushed? Like, maybe she was in a position in her life where she was, like, ready to take a break. And, and maybe, I just, I don't know. I just hate that I don't, like, I love all of her accomplishments and I love all the things she's doing. But now I hate that it's jaded by, like, what if she didn't really want to do this? Or, like, what if yeah. there was another level to that? You know what I mean? Seriously. No, because also in December 2012, Forbes named her as the music's top earning woman with an estimated earnings of $58 million. Which, so. Yeah. It's like they're viewing, <laughs> it's obvious that her family and her father was, like, viewing Britney as the business and mm-hmm. not as his daughter who was insanely yeah, talented because i can't even imagine after a very public divorce and like a custody battle and ending up in a mental institution my dad would not be like okay let's go on tour and release another album yeah, he'd be like Haha, let's time for a break in the studio honey <laughs> like oh it's just so gross <laughs> especially when he 
hadn't been there at all for like any of her accomplishments. Like, as I noted earlier, when her mom took her to New York for her career, she yeah. moved there with her sister and her. Her dad did not go. Uh-huh. Like, he was not a part of her life until all of a sudden he was like, oh, well, I'll be your conservator. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I hate that. But Which yeah. is crazy. And then, not to slow things down at all, 2013, mm. she released Britney Jean. And then ended up announcing September 2013, um, her two-year concert residency in Las Vegas, um, which was Britney Piece of Me. So, yeah. Which also, notably during this time, she broke up with Jason Trowick and Mm -hmm. he was removed as a co-conservator. Well, that's Um, good. So her father was Actually, maybe that was probably her way of getting control because if he... You know, maybe like that was the only way that she saw like having yeah. control of her life is being like, oh, well, if my boyfriend's a part of it, then maybe. Hmm. So maybe actually he doesn't suck. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But it's still it's it really still sad. Sucks. That, yeah. Know, her dad still has control. But that Vegas tour um, or Vegas residency, not tour, um, included a total of 100 shows, which is mm. crazy. Um, and then actually it was after this Britney Jean that was released December 3rd third of 2013 so <laughs> ah that's so crazy i just can't even imagine how much she's done under the conservatorship i know i no wonder her dad doesn't want to give it up he's making more money than he's he ever making has making so life. much money oh which is just absolutely ridiculous uh-huh um apparently yeah. this album didn't perform very well which um i know during this time her like record label kind of changed over um and this was her final project under her original recording contract um mm. which she guaranteed the release of eight studio albums which is crazy um but this it received low promotion probably because of like the things she was doing in vegas like you know promoting an album probably. and then doing a residency show like doing both at once is probably hard but so yeah it debuted at number four. First week yeah. sales is 107 thousand which is like obviously still very good but that was her lowest peak and lowest selling album yeah. in the united states so um also during this time she also um was a guest vocalist on miley cyrus's album bangers uh, i love that album and i yeah. love that song <laughs> which is very cool and then she also won favorite pop artist at the 40th people choice awards at the microsoft theater in los angeles oh no way and um started recording new music for her next album um she also released an intimate apparel or announced that she would be releasing an intimate apparel line i don't know if that actually happened because shortly after we're going to get into kind of the crisis of it all yeah um and then began dating television producer charlie ebersall and then split shortly after but they dated for like a year 2016 she released her or she confirmed her ninth album and that was the album glory i believe the album glory was formally released on august 26 of 2016 um, she performed at the 2016 MTV Music Awards, um, and that por- performance marked her return to the VMA stage after that Gimme More at the 2007 show. So, yeah. And apparently she sang the song Make Me. This is kind of really sad. Um, Beers did a magazine interview for Marie Claire. Oh, yeah. Um, the UK version, but in the October 2016 era. Uh, issue she talked about how she had crippling anxiety and that motherhood had actually helped her overcome it Mm -hmm. saying my boys don't care if everything is perfect they don't judge me 
um, and then confirmed that she had already started working on her next album. Um, so just kind of sad. Like, obviously, if she's doing magazine interviews as well, like, she doesn't need a conservatorship. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. No, I, I... It's just absolutely nuts to me that this didn't raise any red flags. Like, this is years going on of, like, a very heavy career mm-hmm. that no one was like, oh, like, I think she's capable. <laughs> yeah. And, and um, this time, too, she released... Yeah. I know she ended up going on tour again for the Peace of Me tour that took place in 2018. Mm-hmm. Tickets were sold out within minutes in major cities. And so they had to add more dates, which is like shows that it's like from 1999 mm-hmm. to 2018. Like, sure, like maybe she's not selling as many albums as she was in her like for her first couple albums. But like she's still incredibly successful. Like she's doing yeah. amazing things. That's crazy. She actually like. Her final show in Las Vegas, that was Britney Piece of Me, mm-hmm. it broke the record previously held by Jennifer Lopez for a new box office record of $1.172 million wow. in ticket sales. So she was, well, her dad was making a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. I know during this time she announced at the end of 2018 she announced a second vegas residency but that was later canceled um and she announced that Mm -hmm. she was going on an indefinite work hiatus due to medical problems that her dad went under so something actually finally happened and yeah she her career actually got to pause and wait Yeah, and it's actually kind of believed that it was more of her finally kind of getting her way and being like, I'm not doing this anymore. Um, But who knows? Like, we don't really know if that's what it was or not. Yeah. But um, just kind of crazy uh, that that happened. Well, because this happened. So the the documentary episode, which we've been referencing, kind of talks about the fan podcast, which was Britney's Graham, which is originally just kind of meant to – talk about what she posted on instagram because the way she's on instagram is so funny um so like i get it but apparently there was a voicemail message that they received from a credible source who claimed to be a former member of spears legal team and apparently that source alleged that jamie had canceled the planned residency due to spears refusal to take her medication that Mm -hmm. and that he had been holding her in the facility against her will since january 2019 after she violated a no driving rule that her conservatorship was supposed to have ended in 2009. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Going 10 years past. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. And this is kind of that podcast and everything is kind of what spiraled the Free Britney movement into what it is today. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's garnered a lot of support from celebrities, including Cher, Paris Hilton, Miley Cyrus, um, even nonprofit organizations, fans yeah. have protested outside a city hall demanding for Spears to be released um, from the facility and the conservatorship. Uh, just crazy stuff. Um, a really sad thing is in uh, September 2019, Spears' ex-husband, Federline, got a restraining order against her father um, for a physical altercation between the grandpa and one of his grandsons. And that ended up making it so that Brittany isn't able to see her children as often either because her conservator has a restraining order. So he kind of ruined that situation as well, which is just absolutely terrible. Um, 
And then her father's even spoken out on it, saying that the Free Britney movement is a joke and the organizers are conspiracy theorists Mm. and that Spears wants the conservatorship to happen and it fits her current lifestyle and stated wishes and that it's just what it's supposed to be. Well, I disagree. (laughs) I disagree as well. I do not think that it's a good situation at all. I'm very anxious and slash hopefully optimistic about where it could go. And it's cool Mm -hmm. to show that this was like a result of fans you know yeah definitely i i think that it's been on the rise for a long time i've been hearing free britney for years now yeah uh uh-huh and um most notably since i think yeah i was like what like what's going on (laughs) like is she okay yeah (laughs) but like since i think 2019 is when it really started to rise and um especially with that documentary um, where they reached out to her and her father, and neither of them commented. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and just kind of, like, how that has been. Um, um, do you follow her on Instagram? I don't, but even when I Googled her, like, today, something popped up about her recent Instagram posts and how people she, were, like, well, okay, <gasps> secret s- messages. I know, people are doing it, but the funny thing is I saw a video a couple, I don't remember what it was, maybe a week or two ago, where like she was a video she's like a lot of you have been asking me about what i like my favorite place to vacation and all the comments are like that's not what we're asking but it's like <laughs> it's so weird that like i think like she's so funny and like she's so likable like i really like i said i just there's so many ways i just didn't even things i didn't realize about her but yeah she's so likable she seems so huh. lovely but it's just so funny that all the comments are like, no, no, like answer our real questions. Yeah, no. And there's like some interesting stuff. Apparently a story broke only two years, like two hours ago, which is super funny Ooh. of her sharing several posts that included a reference to the color red in the caption. Oh, but yeah, there wasn't like that. red in the pictures. So everyone was like super confused. Yeah. She like shared a video of herself dancing and said um and then put like a red chili pepper emoji and then a bunch of people were like there's nothing red in these like where's the red there's nothing red and then um like just all this stuff that people have been kind of like freaking out about and then she introduced a it it makes me want to know like i'm like is it an album or like are you signaling something to us because like i will listen Mm -hmm. like what do you need me to do i'll do anything yeah even people saying like OMG, what does red mean? We need the tea. Like, what yeah. is going on? Uh-huh. And so, like, everything that she posts is under extreme scrutiny from everyone. Just going, like, what are you trying to say? Because hasn't she given, like, weird hidden messages in her posts before? Like, people will be like, wear yellow if you're in danger. And yeah. then in the next video or uh-huh. picture, She'll she's be wearing in yellow. yellow. Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. Yeah. I just... Yeah, I want her to be happy so much. Like considering I'm like I wasn't a huge fan. Like I just need her to be happy. Like I want joy for yeah. her more than anything. And I'm realizing no, how agreed. like she was so ahead of her time too. Hmm. Yeah, I would highly encourage anyone to go watch the documentary. And not only talks a little bit about her 
even though the main focus is on the conservatorship, it does talk about like her like career and like her, um, they hired like a manager kind of, um, that was a family friend to, um, tour with her. And she talks a lot about her relationship with Brittany and how after the conservatorship took over, she wasn't able to carry on with that relationship. And she like loved her like a daughter and misses her so and like all this stuff so yeah even how britney wanted her mom to be named as conservator instead of her dad and that has not happened it's like the more you learn about it just the worse it gets yeah it definitely does so it's a really great documentary it was very enlightening Mm -hmm. um but like man what an icon taylor i mean (laughs) britney spears I almost said Britney Swift. (laughs) Britney Swift is a true icon. (laughs) (laughs) But like, seriously, she's such an icon with so many awards and records. And it's just absolutely crazy that something this horrible is happening to someone that's that popular and that rich and that accomplished. But also exciting in the sense that it's like her career like she's still like at the top of her game which like makes me feel like we're gonna get more from her and I'm optimistic Mm -hmm. that I I I just hope that she gets the control of her own life that she deserves and I feel like the attention that it's garnered it's raising enough red flags of being like yeah wait what's going on here and I I just Mm -hmm. I really hope it does something I hope so, too. She obviously doesn't deserve to be in a conservatorship anymore. Oh, heavens no. Um, I don't think she like ever said, deserved to. Yeah. It's meant for old people. We're, <laughs> yeah. like, really, really mentally ill people. And if she's able to do everything she's been doing with the majority of her um, accomplishments taking place post-conservatorship, I just think that it obviously needs to be dismissed. Um, yeah. Like, it's time for that to go. She's fine. She can make her own decisions. So go check out the podcast that we mentioned, Brittany's Graham. And they were actually featured in the documentary quite a bit. So Mm -hmm. go check that out as well. And yeah, free Brittany, seriously. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh, I just realized we've been recording for almost an hour and a half. So this is going to be a long episode, but I just... There was a lot to say. Like, she's done so much. So much. Like, so many accomplishments and records and awards. Like, there was way more to talk about than I even thought there was before we started this. Like, there's so many things that I'm like, okay, well, we can't talk about that. So like, yeah. There's just yeah. paragraphs of her achievement. Yeah, and I think it just goes to show that even though the Free Britney movement is taking a major place in publicity and news right now, that there's so much more to Britney than just that. Like, beyond this legal battle, there's so many accomplishments and things that she's done in her career that she deserves a ton of credit and recognition for. Yes, I agree. And hopefully she gets that. And yeah. she gets the respect that she deserves literally the princess of pop the princess i hope you guys enjoyed listening about britney spears and maybe realize just what she has done for pop culture because it's it's truly insane like i feel like she was a part of like the blueprint for and like the journey of like the modern day like woman pop star that we see today like i feel like she really paved the way we didn't even really touch on that, but like mm-hmm. the list of artists who um, name Britney Spears as one of their main like inspirations. Oh yeah, like, is who are some? very long. Let me find it. I know 
uh, Marina Diamondis was one, Ooh. which iconic. I love um, Marina. I know. Same. Along with obviously Miley Cyrus, which I think shows a lot Ooh. in a lot of the things she's done. I just saw this. Um, Lady Gaga said, um, Brittany taught us all how to be fearless and the industry wouldn't be the same without her. Yes. Which is, um, I mean, I love Lady Gaga, so. I think you can also kind of put Brittany as like the first one to really be credited with being like a pop princess obviously because she's called the princess of pop Mm -hmm. but now with like so many other female pop stars to come after I think she's the one who kind of showed that that could be a lucrative market because like we said before record labels weren't willing to invest in a single female star thinking that there could no longer be anyone like that yeah and I think it's important to note that like she was the one who proved that there could Mm-hmm. And that there's been like literally so many since then. Yeah. Um, so Ariana Grande had references to her in some of her music videos. Um, oh, there we go. Okay. Katy Perry, Megan Trainer, Demi Lovato, Kelly Key, Christina DeBarge, Little Boots, Charlie XCX, Marina Diamondis, Tegan and Sarah, Pixie Lott, um, Grimes, Selena Gomez, Haley Seinfeld. Paulo Vitar, Tanashi, Victoria Justice, Cassie, The Saturdays, Normani, Miley Cyrus, Cheryl, Lana Del Rey, Ava Max, Billie Eilish, Sam Smith, and Rena Sawayama. No big deal. And Simon Cowell even said that he was fascinated by Britney. The fact that she's one of the most talked about, not just pop stars, but people in the world today, means that you've got this star power. She's still hot, she's still having hit records, and she's still controversial, and there's a reason for that. So yeah, go Britney, free Britney, and respect Britney. Gosh, I just, holy cow. What a career. What a career. And like, the like it's, she's obviously got so much more to go and so hopefully like she can get out of this horrible situation so mm-hmm. that she can achieve even more oh man i can't even imagine guys <laughs> like, <laughs> I know. like a like we mentioned like not only just music but she had like clothing lines sunglass lines perfume like tv appearances and, like, perfume that would like be the highest grossing perfume that companies ever had yeah like- she started a britney spears charitable foundation that like helped she donated a million dollars to the children of the service heroes affected by 9-11 wow. like we can't like obviously we've been talking for an hour and a half and there's still so much more I <laughs> like, know, there's so much we did not even scratch on yeah and like we didn't even talk that much about the legal stuff and no. like that's a whole other thing as well there's just there's too much to talk about because she's had such a long like successful career and it's still continuing and she just deserves a lot more credit than i think any of us are giving her so so check your internalized misogyny at the door yeah pay attention yeah and just like look back on the legacy that she's left Mm -hmm. and she's not even that old and just like the mark that she made on pop music is insane remarkable and just absolutely crazy um yeah, and that's Britney Spears. That's Britney. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for tuning in for another pop culture episode, two in a row. Hope you your appreciation for Britney increased. And, yeah, just thanks for listening. If you've been enjoying the show, definitely subscribe. 
Um, check us out on Instagram, which is more than amused.podcast if you want to stay updated on episodes mm-hmm. and learn more about what we talk about here on the podcast. And yeah, share with your friends. Share with all yeah. your fans. We also have a TikTok and we have a Patreon. So if you're really enjoying us, you can go follow it on everything. And you can also leave a review, which we would love. Oh, we would love it so much. We would. So, Um, yeah. But yeah, until then, enjoy your week. Hope you enjoyed this good month of Women's History Month. And Mm -hmm. we will continue Women's History, though, in April and be back next week with another amazing and forgotten woman artist of the past. Hey, podcast listener. Do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in bigger than ever for season nine. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today.